Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big Three account in the universe, Big Three News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man, coming to you after the conclusion of week one in the Big Three, season four, this past weekend. Rolls off the tongue so nicely because I can't believe it's we're finally having this episode. Seems so wild. Week one just concluded, had some great games, saw some great debuts. We're going to get into all the week one action here and get into a little bit of overreaction. We're recording this on Monday, so a little bit of overreaction Overreaction Monday. Monday. Into each team because there were some pretty big surprises, and I'm sure people will get a little antsy about their teams based on how they did. I feel like we have a little bit more of allegiances here. But first and foremost, my guy, Will the grindfather of the big three. What's good? I mean, you know, listen, you know, it was a great weekend and I'm just so happy that we're finally, you know, recapping games. Like I was watching big three games on my television. I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe didn't that, like, real. that it didn't feel real. Like they're not replays or highlights. I was like, finally, like we don't have to keep on playing the same, like Nate Robinson and Joe Johnson highlights. Like there's finally <laughs> like new stuff. Um, so it makes our lives a lot easier. But I will just say this. Let me just come out and say this. You know, last episode, we made some picks. We made some, you know, who's who I don't want this episode. This episode will not turn into I told you so episode. Anthony. My, it, this episode, sure. this isn't going to be me just basically <laughs> saying how correct I was. I mean, wow. five and one on wow. the day. The shade. Wow. You were what? You were what? Two, two and four. I was two and four. Two and. I four. mean that that is kind of impressive in its own right. Mm. We'll just say, hopefully, for everybody out there, it's an overreaction <laughs> for you guys to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I was getting my feet wet. I had to have a little bit of conflict in the show, you know, going against Will. Had to have some. Right. Can't agree on every single thing. But you picked first. Shit. Yeah, well, maybe I just had a little <laughs> bit of bias on some, on some players. You know, maybe I was feeling a couple teams, okay? It was just one week. Overreaction Monday, all right? Overreaction. What's so funny, too, about that is, and again, this isn't going to turn into an I Told You So episode. That's the last thing. <laughs> hey, you I did great. I, I need to give credit where but credit is, dude. I know, just know you, those picks were meticulously, like, I'm sure you were watching film, going over <laughs> rosters, and you're like, I think I got this team. I think I got this team. You know, no disrespect to this podcast, but I rolled up and you're like, oh, well, who you got? Enemies or power? And I was like, ah, I'll go with power. <laughs> you know what? What I what I learned over the weekend is that when you have a gut feeling and it has to do with the big three, you go with it. You, you got to go with your gut feeling. You yeah. go with it. When there's a certain coach that's heading your team or a player that continues to do it season after season, you go with it. There's not there's not going to be too new, too many newcomers that come in and set the tone. Because experience is everything in the big three, more than people That's know true. it. And we saw it, and we're going to get into all of that week one action here. 
before we do all that, if you want to find our socials, it's at fourth man pod. Broke my phone at fourth man. Oh pod, my gosh. At big three news at a underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show on YouTube and see it visually, it's fourth or youtube.com slash fourth man pod. And if you are listening on dash radio and getting your big three, six on the big, big three, six. Wow. No, not big three, six, the big hero three, six, six games, six games. That was a movie. But if you get your if you get your big three fix on this Saturday afternoon, whether you're a first time listener or you continue to listen every Saturday on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel, we appreciate you guys as always. All right, let's jump into the week one games. We'll just go in chronological order and then we'll ask you your overreaction for each side. They can be positive. They can be negative. Got it. I think there's a lot more positives to take away, first and foremost, being that there was a big three game. But let's just talk about the first game. Power and enemies playing on the brand new court, by the way. We need to just touch on the court real quick. The court looked great. The black and court red did look great. was really, really, nice. really fitting for not only the big three as a brand, but also for three-on-three basketball. But, you know, I had enemies. You had power. The game at first looked like it was going to be one of those that just didn't set the tone right. For the big three, it looked like power was going to kind of come in and do what they did in season three when they when they took care of business against three's company. Enemies found their found their groove a little bit. Ultimately, they only lost by five points, 51 to 46. But what did you see from this game, Will? Is this is this my overreaction? No, we'll give our overreactions after we kind of give our, our takeaways of the game. I would say takeaways, you know. Power is just a well-coached team. Um, you know, Catino, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Catino kind of did this last season. He started out very strong. He dropped 28 last season. Right. Or I in feel 2019. Like, and I feel like – so I feel like Catino is sort of that, and it'll be interesting to see if he from a – you know, because Royce White I think said it after the post game. He said Catino isn't 100% there um, mm-hmm. from a fit standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh so it'll be interested to see if Catino can carry this into the season, but this is exactly the type of win that power I think is going for, especially missing Glenn Davis. Catino's just going to come out. Catino's going to be your guy. Royce White did a good job distributing. Joe Alexander looks solid. Yes. Um, who else am I forgetting on this team? Um, well, it was a little bit of a I, I right. It was a little bit of like that. yeah. It was a little bit of a. Bit of a, of a mm-hmm. It was a little bit of like I feel like uh, like the replacements out there a little bit. Um, I. <laughs> So I'm still, I don't know. It's, it's, no, we it's had Derek Byers out there. We had right, there you Ingo, go, Derek Byers. who was a yes. little bit of a, a new face. So a newer face and a familiar face when it came to power that they added. Dusan Blue didn't make his debut yet. Big Baby Davis sat week one out. So it, uh, yeah, it, it, it nicely. Was, it was hard to, it's hard to sort of get a grip on what this power team is going to look like in the future. But I will say that their best players took care of business. 100%. And you know, they had Nancy Lieber, Lieberman heading the way. Right. So really doesn't matter who you got out there. If you You're going to win more games than you lose with the players that they have and Nancy Lieberman as your coach. Exactly. Got Catino as your captain out there and Nancy Lieberman as a head coach. You can you can usually bet on power. Unfortunately, that's not the route I took. <laughs> I, I, I decided to go with enemies. I felt good about the young core. I thought Swaggy P would make a little bit more of a difference. So, Swaggy P's debut didn't go really as planned. He threw up a goose egg there. However, that being said, 
I like my Isaiah Austin MVP pick after week one yeah. because he looked dominant. He got it done down low. He stretched the floor. He went against good defenders like Royce White and newer defenders, you know, that that couldn't handle him either. Felt like anybody they threw at him, he was able to take care of business. And I really like that. I think enemies came out a little bit slower. I think we kind of saw this last year as well, where guys were trying to familiarize, familiarize themselves a little bit and a lot of new faces on enemy, obviously. So they came out a little bit slow, but once they got their groove, they were able to make it competitive. It was just too much Katino Mobley at the end of the day. I mean, he scored 26 points, hit six three-pointers, was hitting them over everybody from Elijah Stewart to Isaiah Austin. And I think the substitutions are going to, you know, still trying to be figured out a little bit. Yeah. Because we didn't see Elijah Stewart in the first half. Comes out in the second half, hits a, a step back three, scores 11 points in the second half. So very minimal uh, Jordan Hill, you know, kind of at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. So I think they're still kind of figuring out some of these substitutions. I think I'd like to see more Swaggy P and Elijah Stewart on the court for enemies just because they play together in the Drew League. They, they're both USC Trojans. But overall, I'm not not down on enemies. I still feel good about them, but just too much power at the end of the day. want to make a note, too. We did see our first to bring the fires and they were posed yes. by Royce White and he won both of them. <laughs> so that was pretty cool to see. I, 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 you know, the champ is here. He as Royce the White champ is here. So <laughs> he's the champion of bring the fire right now. And ultimately enemies took the L they dropped the O and one power is now one and O what's your biggest overreaction for both power and enemies. My biggest overreaction is this. The better team lost. Wow. Wow. That's a huge overreaction. Okay, so you liked what you saw from enemies. Which... I really liked what I saw from enemies. I think this is a team that I think has, has a ton of talent. You can see it. Mm-hmm. I think they didn't use Elijah Stewart correctly. Um, they Jordan Hill, we still really don't know what we're going to get from him. Nick Young is not going to be the type of player that puts up zero points Right. You know, uh, consistently. I mean, he's currently playing in the Crew League and, and the Drew League, uh, which I just realized rhymes. But um, <laughs> and you know, and he's a consistent scorer in those leagues. So I don't know if it's him just getting used to the rule set or the physicality, or if he's tired or, or what. But Nick Young, we know, isn't gonna be as bad as he was week one. And I think guys like Isaiah Austin, guys like Elijah Stewart, Isaiah Austin looked like an MVP candidate out there. Yeah, uh, and that was his first game. Elijah Stewart looked like someone that can go in and hit threes consistently. I mean, 11 points in the second half is has to be one of the higher point totals in a half mm-hmm. for week one. I mean, that's on pace for 22 points. It would have probably made him a top uh, five, seven score. So I think this is a team that is still figuring it out in a lot of ways. And once they get the rotation down, once they get the minutes down, I think enemies are going to be a good team. I like it. Okay. I think my biggest takeaway from this game has to be that we saw the MVP and the fourth man of the year in this game. And I'm not talking about Isaiah Austin. Talk about Katina Mobley. I think he looks very healthy. He dropped 26 and his conditioning isn't even there yet. I mean, essentially Royce White said he took a little bit more of the scoring load toward the end of the game, made sure they closed it out. I, you know, Katina Mobley and week one go together. It seems like like peanut butter and jelly. But I think we're, there's more to come from Katina. I think he's got a point to prove. I think he's trying to get power back to the playoffs and ultimately try to get to the championship without the help of Corey Maggette. 
think he looks a lot healthier, to be honest. And then on the flip side, I think that Elijah Stewart, I think you just touched on him a lot. 11 points in the second half. He came right off the bench. I don't know if we see him in a starting role moving forward, but I wouldn't. I, I keep him as a fourth man. And I, I truly think that, you know, we, we saw a couple of guys who are real young in this league make, make a name for themselves, you know, uh, get, give themselves or show why they deserve to be in this league. And I think Elijah Stewart has a good chance to be the fourth man of the year off week one. So that that's power and enemies. Let's move on to game two, which was triplets and bivouac a little bit more underwhelming than we expected to be yeah. honest, because we really thought people would come out and come out with a point to prove one, maybe a little bit of a revenge game from their week three in 2019. Also, we just thought they would just come and hit the champs in the mouth, but it was the other way around. The champs came and hit bivouac in the mouth. Ultimately Joe Johnson and company could not be stopped. They won 51 to 39. They seemed to be in control the entire game. And, Gennaro Parco looked really good, which is a little scary to see if he's got a <laughs> Batman Robin tandem. But would well, you he's like pissed, about- man? He's pissed. This yeah. is his revenge tour. He just lost his coaching job in Portland. Fair enough. You know? And this yeah. is his, you know, screw it, bro. I don't have to worry about anything else. Only thing on my mind right now, I don't have to worry about keeping Dame happy. I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, where does CJ McCollum fit in our future? I'm just going to go out there and ball. And it looked like it. Yeah, and not to mention, just take a couple moves from Dame while he's at it. He said he put on his social media post that one of the moves that Ball his life, I guess, tagged him in that he did in the game. He was like, thanks, Damian Lillard, you know, or at <laughs> Dame Lillard or whatever it was. So part of it got a point to prove clearly. What you like about triplets and what surprised you the most about Bivouac? Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree. You know, Bivouac looks like a team that's still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we necessarily expected Bivouac to be a team that was still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, they brought in guys who had a lot of big three experience. You know, Reggie Theus, we both have confidence in as a coach. Um, I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but anything significant from Will Bynum? I feel like he was kind of quiet this week. Surprisingly, he was probably their biggest highlight. He dropped 23 points. Oh, never mind then. I think a lot of those points maybe came late when the when the game was in control, so maybe that's yeah. why I felt like that. I, I just feel like, I guess just maybe just watching it, I didn't feel like he had as much of an impact as maybe, you know, I'm used to, but 23 mm-hmm. points is 23 points regardless. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. They, they look like a team that still have to figure it out. I don't want to write them off immediately, but I, I will just say this, you know, however you splice it, Bivouac is going to be a good team. And the fact that triplets are just going to come in here week one and just blow them out. I mean, I, I'm going to give my overreaction right now. Yeah. Are, are the triplets ruining big three basketball? Whoa. And, 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 I, Whoa. and I say that, you know, half-heartedly, like how everyone said, are the Warriors <laughs> ruining the NBA? But right. I mean, the triplets, in my, if, I don't know if this is an overreaction, but I feel like the triplets are the best team in the big three and it's not in, not particularly close. Mm. You know, mm. I feel like we talk about power rankings. I feel like it's triplets one and then a pretty sizable gap. And then who cares about number two? Because th- yeah. this is the, this is the triplet. This is Joe Johnson's league. This is the triplets league. Yeah, no, I, wow. So you're comparing them to the golden state warriors right now. And Hey, that's hard to argue because triplets, like I said, just came out and hit them in the mouth. They have a point to prove they've been defending this title for two plus years at this point now and hey they they're not looking to, to let go of it anytime soon 
and like I said, Pargo being just if Pargo plays the way he did the week in and week out and is truly the, I guess, the Robin of the team, that's a scary sight because we didn't see that from Pargo last year. Hey, we didn't even get to see Pargo in every game last year, and I think because a lot of that had to do with coaching duties. So scary sight to see. I was pretty disappointed by by Bivlak because, like I said, I did think they would come out with a little bit more urgency. They did look like they had some things to, to figure out, but all in all, it just felt a little slow, like right out the gate. The three guys they brought in, Alonzo G or Alonzo Gee, Julian Wright, and Mo Spates, combined 10 points. Just, you know, yeah, I, I know it's not all about points in the game. I, I felt like, you know, they, they did maybe more of the dirty work or I guess some of the, the work that goes a little bit unwarranted or uncredited for. But Mo Spates dropped a, a goose egg. Another guy who I was surprised dropped zero points in the game and just felt like they had a hard time meshing together. So maybe they have some kinks to work out. I'm going to go a different like route. Okay. I'm a little concerned with our pick of Bivlak as a Bahamas team. And I'm going to say that is, is, hey, is Bivlak a, a, one of the two worst teams in the league? What? That's, that's my overreaction right now. That's I, crazy. I, like I said, came out a little slow, got a little worried. I know it's just week one, but they, they, they came out a little bit stronger last year. Maybe it just felt like to me, it just, I don't know. Didn't love it. My reaction is Bivlak, one of the worst two teams in the big three this season. We'll see. That's crazy. That'd man. be wild if they were, but like I said, right? First thing I saw out the gates. Okay. Got the games on CBS covered. Let's move on to Trilogy and Killer Threes. Trilogy won this one 50 to 38 behind 28 points in Isaiah Briscoe's debut. Jared Jack also had a nice debut with 15 points himself the captain uh and good coaching debut for steven jackson ultimately but the the game was really the highlight of the game was isaiah briscoe dropping 28 points six rebounds seems like gary jack did not have 37 37 (laughs) 15 points you didn't see that you didn't see that no i did not i'll I'll tell you i'll tell you all fair okay that was well. That was, that was something. If Jerry Jack had thirty-seven in his first game and broke the broke the record, that would be really something to write home about. But just seemed like I, Briscoe, uh, you know, the youngest guy in the league, airball is one of his first shots, and we're like, "Whoa, is this this guy really who we like? This is not the guy we were expecting to come out." And, we're like, oh, he's more of a defender." Yeah, or maybe he just needs to drive more, and he kept yeah. shooting, kept shooting, hit more threes. Nobody see he seemed unstoppable. Killer Threes had a hard time, you know, keeping up. I think really the only reason it was close for a long time was behind Dante Green's 26 points, who looked outstanding. And ultimately, what was your takeaway? I mean, like, I don't think we were high or low on trilogy, but does this put does this give you a different perspective and a different light on trilogy moving forward? It definitely does. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to I have to look and see where did I have trilogy last week. I think we both had them around the six range. Let's see. But you can you can check on that. I'm trying to see. Oh, hang on. I think I posted it. Um, they look good, and they only play with a four man rotation. Let me just say that. Yeah, I had them. At, I had them at five, so I had them right out of the playoffs. Okay. You know, I mean, but if you're gonna have heavy hit heavy hitters like that, like Briscoe and Jared Jack was just consistently good. Um, yeah. James White is gonna make an impact regardless. Amir Johnson, you would like to see a little bit more from, but I think that'll come. Um, I feel like especially with big men, it takes a little bit more of an adjustment period uh, than right. maybe guards, just because of the physicality. But 
No, nah, man, that, that looks like a good team. And Steven Jackson is a coach that knows what it takes to be successful in the big three. I mean, he was basically like co-coach of killer threes uh, those last couple of years. So I, I, I think, I think trilogy is going to be a very good team and maybe a team that we've been overlooking. Maybe so. I think what impressed me the most, again, I, I know I just said it, but I'll restate it Four main rotation. I don't even think I realized this is no knock on James White. I didn't even realize he wasn't out there because I was so impressed with the cards we're doing. Yeah. But then I see James White tweet, like my team looks really good or something. And I was like, Oh, what? He's not even playing. He's over here tweeting mid game. Uh, and they did. And, you know, they had, they had lost Meta World Peace or Meta Santa for our test, excuse me, name change there. And Quintel Woods came in and filled in nicely. But yeah, Trilogy looks really good. Isaiah Briscoe looks like someone he's going to be hard to stay in front of. On the flip side of things, I felt like Killer Threes, they, the continuity that we harped on so much that we thought was going to be a key cog to their success getting back to the playoffs, didn't seem all there. Seem, seemed like a lot of iso ball, not a lot of team play. Defense seemed like an issue. Like I said, Dante Green had a hell of a game, putting up 26 he did. Dante points, looked great. He needed help. The the next the guys behind him scored a combined 12 points, you know, to yeah. his 26, 4, 4, 2, 2. So I know that they, they didn't have any Curry and Mo Charlo filled in, which shout out to Mo Charlo. We love guy. Mo Charlo. This is a pro Mo Charlo podcast. Facts. And we were super excited to see him out there, but it just seemed like guys that we expect that all have big three experience outside of Charlo, a team with continuity, just couldn't couldn't figure out what they needed to do best. They didn't know who should cover Briscoe, who should cover Jack. Yeah. They they went a lot of ISO and and Dante was good at that, but I also just felt like he, he needed some help. Three on three is a very tiring game. It's like boxing, you know, there you take so many jabs and you you think you're making an impact, but at the same time, like that's just wearing you down. I you just like do leg kick after leg kick, eventually your ankle's gonna snap. Exactly. So I, I thought like that was a lot of that from killer threes and they dropped to 0 one. I wouldn't say I, I'm too concerned. I think I'm just more impressed with trilogy. With that being said, what's your overreaction from this game? Overreaction for this game is that they might have to start calling it the blessing of Meta World Peace. Trilogy mm. will be the second team in a row to lose Meta World Peace before week one and make the championship. Wow. I like that. And you know what I like about it most? You didn't know we were doing an overreaction. You came up with that on the spot. That's what I found really impressive, the impulsiveness and the, the able to reach back into the archives a little bit. That that's So you think Trilogy's going all the way now? That's that my reaction. I mean, fair enough. Maybe I'm just trying to get a rise out of people. <laughs> that would mean a triplets <laughs> trilogy. Uh, triplets that's what tri- I did just trilogy say. Yeah. Championship. So that would be that would be impressive for sure. I'm gonna say, and I guess I I'm gonna kind of go the same direction a little bit with trilogy, and say that Stephen Jackson will be the first like first coach that was a player to win as a championship uh, win a championship as a coach before he did as a the player. first x player to win a championship as a coach that's the that's the better way to put it i'm horrible at explaining things but yeah and, the first x know, player in the big three to win it all and let me just say this before we move on you know our, our biggest issue with killer threes was you know i feel like this was a car without an engine you know how are you going to replace steven jackson because I feel like Steven Jackson in a game like that would have been a very stabilizing force, you know, especially in a game like that. You know, someone who would be like, I'm going to go guard Briscoe. 
you know, and then I'm going to go, you know, give me the rock. I'm going to go score these next eight points. Right. But they didn't have that this game. So, you know, I, I trust that just with the big three experience combined, they will probably be able to figure out, figure it out. Um, but right now we said, if this team has one weakness, it's missing a pure number one option. Mm-hmm. And it looked exactly like that. Yeah. And I think as much as we talk about the bigs being a coveted piece in the draft, guard play is the most essential piece when it comes time for the season. And well, the guards dominated this week. The guards dominated on trilogy side, but on the flip side for Killer Threes, I just felt like there was a lot of a lot they struggled with, whether yeah. it was scoring the basket or keeping people from scoring. So, you know, I, I think we don't write off Killer Threes just yet, no. but you don't love what you saw. I think you more so love what you saw from Trilogy and, and yeah. The I think if anything, impact. it's more of a of a statement from Trilogy. Yeah, that's that's true too. Okay, let's move on to three-headed monsters in Tri-State. Three-headed monsters won 50 to 39. Another game that I took an L on that I thought I was going to be right about. And I think it went when it just comes down to it. I said at the beginning of the podcast, when when guys have done it in the past and they proved themselves in this league, you just stick with them. And you know, three-headed monsters has are the only team that brought back all three captains, and they looked rightly like that. They Early on, it felt like Tri-State was kind of giving them a little bit of, of trouble, and then they regrouped and figured it out. The guys they drafted, we had question marks about, we weren't really sure about. They looked like they were the perfect draft pieces for them. Tri-State, I think, uh, well, we'll, we'll talk, I'll talk about this a little bit more, but you know, what were your thoughts about Three-Headed Monsters and Tri-State, and do either of these teams look like they could, they could make a trip to the Bahamas? Uh, the short answer, no. Okay. Just because I, I feel like we saw probably four more impressive teams than either of those two. Okay. Three-headed monsters, I just think, you know, they have the three best captains in the league. You have Rashard Lewis, who's been an MVP. He's been a consistent presence on both ends of the floor. Um, Mahmoud, who's a walking absolute bucket, pleasure to watch, you know, Mahmoud the roof. And uh, Reggie Evans, who's the best big man in this league. So, you know, it was interesting. We questioned their draft choices. Um, I would say Kevin Murphy had a pretty solid game. Uh, Mamadou, Mamadou looks like he's going to be more of a utility, not utility guy, but more of like, a, you know, in certain situations. We haven't, we didn't really see him get too long of a leash in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is a team who is just, it's, they're just going to be a solid team, man. You know, and, and, you know, maybe they float around 500. I don't know. This is a team. These are really two teams that I feel like I'm going to have a lot more to say about them after week three than now, because as much as, you know, as much as we say, Oh, trilogy won 50 to 38 and three headed monsters won 50 to 39. I didn't have that much expectations of tri-state. I just feel like three headed monsters. It was a good team win but it was definitely sloppy there. And there were times where I just feel like I was like, you know, watching this game and, and you know, looking for highlights. And I was just like, I don't know. I just feel like there were long periods where just like nothing was happening. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about either of these teams, except for, you know, it was a good team win from three headed monsters, but you know, if they want to make it to the playoffs, they got to straighten up some of the sloppiness. Yeah, I would agree. I think we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on, but 
there were times, and I maybe it's just the week one jitters or just getting back into the swing of things, but there were times where there were stretches in games that we saw some ugly, ugly stretches. I mean, ugly yeah. stretches and, and ugly sequences from teams. It would be, you know, a, a team shoots a three-pointer or passes up an open three and then bricks it his off the, the backboard and they block their shot. They run it back out. The other team bricks it. And if we're going to talk about how, you know, ugly stretches, I think the most times I saw that was in this game with three-headed monsters and Tri-State. I think there were a lot of, a lot of carelessness, a lot of turnovers. Maybe there was a lot of like guys getting familiar. Kevin Murphy did look really good. Earl Clark looked really good as number two pick. I see why they took yeah. him because he looked really good. But, you know, if we want to talk about a team that didn't seem like they were working together at all, I, I would think it's Tri-State. Tri-State had a little bit of trouble of, I, I don't know, the chemistry just didn't seem there no. uh, at all. I, I did like that was, a, that, was a, that was a brand new team. You know, besides Nate, besides Nate and Jay Rich, mm-hmm. none of those guys have played together before in the big three. Yeah. So. And I, I did. I have to say, I really did like Mamadou in the stretch and, and how they utilized him. I mean, eight points, three rebounds, two blocks. They brought him in. He even shot a little bit jumper, which I think Earl Clark was like, ah, I'll shoot one. I don't care. He's like, okay, yeah. I've, been, I've been working on my shot. I got you. But – yeah, I, I do feel like maybe it was a little bit of an ugly win. And, and that being said, I think my overreaction for this for this game has to be neither of these teams will finish at least 500. Neither will finish 500. Yeah, I was pretty That's high on Tri-State. Uh, not so high on three-headed monsters, despite them getting the win. I wasn't high on them coming into the season. I'm going to say at, at the best, one of these teams finishes three and five. Maybe they both finish three and five. Okay. What you got? My overreaction is that I think my overreaction is that I have no reaction to either of these teams. <laughs> I like it. I like and that's it. just my, you know, that might be the most damning thing I can say. There. Is I that mean. you went out there and I, I still don't know. <laughs> well, hey, maybe this is one of those you just put a question mark on and you just move on to week two and then we'll see if anything changes. Right. So, overall, three-headed monsters is one and zero. Tri-State starts off zero and one. A part of me really just wants to see Tri-State win it because they got they got the man at coach who's got the damn trophy named after him. I mean, Doctor J trophy, Doctor J's coaching Tri-State. Can we just win one? So it's like, oh, Doctor J's holding the Doctor J. Just would be. I think. No, I'm sorry. Finish your answer. I was just gonna say. I think it could be. Could potentially be like funny. Like I don't know if we can get some good memes out of it or some good good wordplay out there for all the wordsmiths, but I, I want to see it. I think it'd just be cool in general. Well, you know what's so funny, right? So like I had people over, like as you know, mm-hmm. and I had the big three on the television. And we were I was kind of like you know revolving door family would like come in. I had a lot of people over, um, and you know they were showing like you know Gary Payton and George Gervin and you know all these coaches. But it's funny because I really don't come from a basketball household. You know, like it's not really like any like, you know, besides me and my brothers and, you know, I guess like, you know, some of my cousins, it's not really as big as baseball and and football. But when they showed Dr. J, everyone was like, oh, is that Dr. J? Wow. And like they were all like 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 family members that I know really don't have that much of an interest in basketball. Like probably couldn't name you a single player who's playing in the NBA finals right now. We're like, oh my God, like I remember Dr. J. Like Dr. J was crazy. You know, like, oh, Dr. J was like, you know, 
the way he would fly through the air and everything. So I just think, you know, you talk about naming the trophy after him and, you know, maybe somebody would say, oh, well, why would you name it after Dr. J after all the, you know, name it the Ice Cube trophy. You know, why Mm -hmm. Dr. J in particular? The impact that Dr. J has had on basketball, I just, you know, wanted to just like say that. It kind of like hit me during these first games. Like he really was like at the level of like a Jordan or a LeBron. Yeah. Or like a Magic Johnson or a Larry Bird. Like those guys grew up watching Dr. J and wanting to be Dr. J. That's legendary. You know, he wasn't just a guy that people knew in the basketball community. He's a guy that's known internationally, yeah. whether you're a basketball fan or not, whether you're a sports fan or not, which is maybe even a little bit more impressive. I don't know if you had some family over that didn't like sports, but I know for me personally, maybe someone like my mom or maybe someone like my aunt, they might not be the biggest sports fans, but you show Dr. J and they're like, oh, that's Dr. J. Yeah, we saw him yeah. all, all the time growing up. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, really? You know, it's just kind of the same impact yeah. for like Jordan or LeBron. LeBron. You just you just see them everywhere, internationally known. Really cool to see. I think that's a good point to point out there. And hopefully we'll see Tri-State at least make a push after that week one, though. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. So let's move on to maybe the most – I guess if you're a big three fan, maybe the most exciting game of the week. This Either was this one, one of the, the more exciting one. games of the week. Ball Hogs and Three's Company. And a historical moment here, Ball Hogs won 50-41 to 41 over Three's Company. And this is the first time ever that they are over 500. It's the first time ever they have a winning record. And that feels weird to say. And they're in the tops of the standings. You know, they're one of the top six teams right now. Maybe one of the top four. I, I think it would be like point differential. So I think maybe they had one of the – Maybe not. I know there were some strong point differentials, but maybe they were in the top four there. But Ballhogs doesn't matter. Ballhogs won a game in week one uh, behind Landro Barbosa putting up 22 points, five rebounds, five assists. Jody Meeks had 18 points. Maybe one of the better backcourts in the league. I think this game was very well coached by Rick Barry. Three's company gave him a little bit of fits. But I think what impressed me the most, I thought there was going to be a very – Paul Hogg's moment at the end when Pargo hits that four and makes it 41-43's company. I was like, oh, no, here we go. Just the stigma can't leave. And they go on a 10-0 run and close out the game. Well, I mean, you've been watching the big three as long as anybody. What what did you love about this this game? I mean, let me say this. Let me reiterate that. Restate that, I should say. What did you love most about Ball Hogs winning in week one and being over 500? You know, these, these aren't your big brother's ball hogs. <laughs> these are, you know, when I was talking to Spencer Hawes on, on Instagram live, I basically was like, you know, one of the questions I asked him was, you know, how do you take a team with such a bad record? Like how do you turn that mojo around? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he basically was like, Oh, well, you know, one, one winning season can change all that. But he really like, you know, I kind of got like the, the attitude that he was kind of like, you know, I, you know, I'm just coming into this. You know, yeah. so like, you know, that like there really is no mojo, you know, right. like and this really is like a brand new team. Like none of these guys were there for the one and nine seasons, the, the, the two and six seasons, you know, besides Scal. I was going to say, let me restate it then. How do you feel about Scal being his team being one and know? Well, of course, I'm happy for Scal. I'm so happy for Scal. I'm so happy for Rick Barry. Yeah. You know, um. And I, I, I'm just – listen, bro, this is – I feel like this is a team where – I feel like this is like the Cleveland Browns with Baker. It's like a new swag. Hey, hey one of your hot takes too is that they're going to be a 4-4 four four team at least 
they're least. already a, they're already a fourth of the way there. They they only have to win three <laughs> more games out of seven. That I mean, I, I was impressed too. That's the thing. You're impressed how the way they won. And not saying that Ballhawks teams in the past didn't have impressive showings, but this really does look like. I mean, from the players to the coaching style, just looks like a completely different team. You saw Ballhawks. Throughout the game, really, it was it was all centered around guard play. They were switching bigs early. They put Halls in. They put Will McDonald in. And last year, I just felt like they were feeding McDonald time and time and time again. And that was a strategy. There wasn't really much to it. He might kick it out every once in a while if he was being doubled. They took advantage of their opportunities, whether they were being doubled or there were turnovers. They would hit big shots. And Barbosa they is so good. Barbosa is so good. Barbosa is so good. Can, oh, my no, nobody, God. We were talking about, can anyone stay in front of Briscoe? Nobody can stay in front of Barbosa after week one. I mean, Barbosa is like a young – do I do I dare wow. say it? Barbosa is a young Mahmoud. Wow. Hey, he, he literally looked like he was gliding to the basket sometimes. That's what I mean. Like, I, mean, I don't know what was, it is about these – and Mahmoud isn't international, but, like, like, I don't know about guys like – like Ginobili or like Tony Parker, like these international point guards that just come in. And I feel like the limited amount of guys that we've seen international in the big three, they all just like their games translate so well. Yeah. And Barbosa said after the game, this is the first time in my life I've ever played three on three. Oh, I wasn't even, I didn't even think I heard that because I was going to say something off the, the post game speech. John Sally was like, was this kind of like Brazil, you know, with the physical aspect of it? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't hear the part where he was He said, like, he was like, I'm brand new to this. Like, I've never played this type of basketball before. And then John Sally was like, oh, like fire, like fireball three. He's like, no, nah, like three on three. Just easy. He's like, what? what? Oh, I take it back and oh I shoot? God. Okay. Uh, I've got to say, Jody Meeks looked really good. Shout out to Jody Meeks. We had yeah, him on the show too. And he wanted to come in and prove that he can still play. He. Well, Jody Meeks, I feel like he's an NBA player. Right. But let me ask you this. Do do they have the best backcourt in the league? Being who? Meeks and Barbosa? Yep. I mean, we talked about about Briscoe and Jack for Trilogy. That's what I'm almost comparing it to. Maybe you even throw Joe Johnson and Pargo in there. I don't know. If Joe Johnson is is considered backcourt, I feel like you have to. I feel like you have to. Let's say he's not, though. Let's Let's say say he's more wing. I would say it's honestly, it's probably Royce and Catino mm, is probably mm. the best backcourt. Um, maybe Ricky and Mike Taylor is probably up there. That's a good one, too. But Barbosa and Meeks definitely played like they were the best backcourt in the league. Yeah. I mean, they, they looked phenomenal. I got to say, the team ball, too. If we're yes, going to talk they, about. They had like, I think it was like 21 points or 21 made baskets, whatever it was. On 17 assists. Yep. Let's see. 5, 8, 11, 13. Oh, wait. Maybe I just counted that wrong because it just spazzed out on me a little bit. But, yeah, about there. It's 11, 13, 14. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. That's that's nutty. I mean, the I felt like a lot of teams and a lot of those teams ended up not doing so well. But the best teams obviously played the best team basketball. But we want to talk about team basketball. Bollocks was the epitome of it week one. They they looked outstanding. Their chemistry seemed on point. The funniest part is, like you said, that's a brand new Ballhawks team, and they look yeah. like they've been playing together forever. 
And Barbosa's never even played three on three. What? The, what, the, dude? Bar- what the I hell? feel like I'm gonna fall in love with Barbosa by the end of the season. Yeah, he looks so good. And you know, they, I mean, four guys on their team had at least two or more assists. That's wild. That's a that's a crazy stat. I don't think we but ever. Th- see that. That's what Rick Barry said. This is how I want to play. Yeah, it is. He doesn't want to play that that ISO ball. He's not. He's not a fan of that. He's, no, he's really not. And he wanted all moving like FIBA style, like just a flow liquid offense, and that's exactly what he got. I think he and, he played his substitutions very well too. Yeah. So oh, the rotations were great. Mm-hmm. Pause looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just you know that's just a team that I just like. I hate to even say this, but like, if that's a team that could just stay healthy, you know what I mean? Over I, feel like, I feel like, what? No, 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 no. I'm saying, okay. like, knock on wood, if that's a team that, because Bullhogs had such crappy injury luck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if that's a team that you could just stay healthy, you know, I, I feel like you have a good thing going here. Yeah. I, I kind of, I want to talk about Three's Company just a little bit before I say my overreaction. First and foremost, part of it's the real deal. So oh, I see why incredible. they took him at part 10. We only saw two games of last year, so it was a, a small sample size. But real deal, he dropped 16 just like his brother. Do we have any concerns about Three's Company? I know that you talked to Dermar, you talked about Ryan Hall, you talked to Ryan Hollins, you talked to both of them. They were pretty upset with the power rankings and then being yeah. last. But how do we feel about them after after one week? I mean, you know, I don't think they played like they were the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. but they definitely didn't play like they, you know, deserve to be in any playoff conversation yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they just seem – I mean, I like the way they use Ryan Hollins, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I just don't know, man. They, they just seem like they're a team. I mean, you know, Pargo, Ryan Hollins, Jamar Johnson, Mario Chalmers, I don't know. It just – I don't know. That's just a team. I just have, I still have a lot of question marks about that team if they want to be successful. Yeah. After one week, I felt like there's maybe the synergy isn't right or the makeup of the team doesn't seem yeah. like it's going to be the most successful moving forward. I don't know. Like, like we said, it's only one week. What I will say is they have more four pointers as a team than the whole league does. So that's pretty cool. They hit three on Saturday, which is pretty wild. Parker you know, two of them. We we talk about who's the best backcourt in the league. I feel like if these companies are gonna be successful, Chalmers and Pargo need to be the best backcourt in the league. Yes, hundred percent on the same page with you there. And so we'll see how Three's company can can play next week. They play Killer Three, so a couple teams that have a point to prove will we'll get to I, that. I think that's, in a a, that's a good matchup for them. Yeah. My overreaction for this game is just gonna be that Ballhawks is a Bahamas team. I, I'm, you know, just overreacting, but after week one, I, I'm on the same page as you. I mean, maybe four and four, I can maybe see them having a winning record. I just like everything that this team did, not just on the court, but I continue to emphasize this because I think Rick Barry did a really good job of coaching this game. His rotations were great. His He had a game plan and a style coming into it. And I feel like just, you know, after watching all the games, he seemed the most prepared. The the team seemed the most prepared coming into it. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is wild because they never feel like – they never seem like that. No. (laughs) So that's my biggest – That must have been one hell of a practice. I can't can't imagine. That's my biggest overreaction, though. Their top four team after years and years of being at the bottom of the barrel. My biggest overreaction is if triplets lose one game this year, it'll be the ball hogs. Ooh, I like that. I like that. They had the biggest point differential last year. 
the thing was like 18 points. Triplets beat them by like 18 points in the last season. So the best point differential this week was a tie between Trilogy and Triplets. Oh, nice. Okay. I was only 12. So last year, Triplets beat Ballhawks by 18, which is pretty rare. So pretty pretty crazy to see the Triplets knocked off by Ballhawks. But like we said, that's a new team. All right, last but certainly not least, the final game of the day, Ghost Ballers and Aliens. I really like this game because, one, I think we have formed somewhat good connections with some of the Ghost Ballers team. You know, we obviously have had Jordan on the show and on our live stream before, who is very well connected with Ghost Ballers as well. We've had Mike Taylor on, who we love. But I think the most thing that we were looking forward to about this Ghost Baller squad was Chris Johnson. I mean, he just, yeah. flew, he just flew in from New Zealand, I think, late in the weekend. We were excited about the tape we've been seeing him playing over in Auckland. And he came out and it didn't look like he has missed a beat. I mean, he went from five on five in a different country, jet lag, twin kids. It doesn't matter. Nothing's getting in the way of this man balling because he, he went off. Same with Mike Taylor. Mike Taylor had 20 points. Chris Johnson had 19. Aliens played a pretty good game, and it looks like Balkman might have been the right pick for him because he played really well. Ghost Ballers ultimately won 51 to 45. I got to say, I think Ghost Ballers is kind of just scratching the surface, but I do agree with that. I, I actually was going to say one of the things I had for this game was um, I think that Ghost Ballers looked good, but they also looked like they were just getting started. Like there were definitely some things when you're like, oh, they like they'll improve upon that. Like you know, by week five, like you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna figure that out, and they still played well. I don't know if it was because it was the last game of the day. I just feel like there was like a ten minute span where just nobody could score. Where like <laughs> I think it was like forty nine, forty five. Yeah, and I was like, could someone just score? Like, could someone just finish the game? But I just feel like you know, Ghost Ballers played very well. Aliens didn't look too bad either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think we watched two mid-table teams, you know, and, yeah. and I, I don't think that's I don't think it's a knock against anybody. I just think you know it'll be very interesting to see. I'm very interested to see Ghost Ballers against a team like Enemies. Yeah, because I think Enemies, if Enemies are who we think they are, they will go out and beat Ghost Ballers. Ghost Ballers have a very good opportunity to make a huge statement. And start the season 2-0, beat enemies, send enemies 0-2. I mean, you know, if you're Craig Smith, you have to be just, oh yeah, you know, salivating at the opportunity to sort of, you know, dig enemies hole deeper. Well, not to mention, Craig Smith didn't really have his best game either. So he I'm sure not. he just wants to get back on the court and, and prove his point that, one, he deserved to be a co-captain. But to do that against your former team – and that's what I kind of mean about scratching the surface. You know, this does feel – Ghost Ballers kind of reminds me a little bit of the Nets in a way. Mm. A lot of offense and maybe not so much defense. Mm-hmm. But Mike Taylor and Chris Johnson, 20 and 19 points. We barely, we didn't really see, like, the best games from Craig Smith or Ricky Davis. No. Ryan Gadsden still kind of getting familiar. So imagine if they're all just contributing and, you know, maybe all putting up – 10 double digit points like yeah. those four those four dudes like you i mean i don't know anything about gadson anyone who yeah. tells you anything about gadson is lying yeah like he's a complete unknown yeah um, but you do have two of the top or i guess two guys who have been in the top five of scoring in the big three who right 
just combined to put up 12 points and then that, have their best game. That's what I mean. You have four guys on that team. And the reason why I'm isolating Gadsden is because I'm just, I can't say that he is this guy because I just don't know what his play style is. But mm-hmm. you have four guys on that team that could very easily any night drop 20 plus points. Right. Yeah. That's, just a matter of just being consistent. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Those ballers really could be that sleeper team that you were, you were touching on leading up to the season there. Flip side, like you said, aliens didn't play too bad. Didn't think Brandon Rush had the best game. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to have to – if they're going to have any success, he's going to be the guy that's going to have to lead the way. Bachman had a really good game, 14 points, 14 rebounds, leading the league yeah. in rebounds right now. I think it, the other factor outside of, of Brandon Rush is it's got to be Greg Oden. And I think we talked about his conditioning being an issue, but I think the biggest problem might be the foul trouble. Because, you know, in the big three, if you have three fouls in the first half, you have to sit for the entirety of it. And that happened in this game. Um, I think they're going to have to try to figure out how to use, like if they want to go big, they can use Odin and Balkman. And I think they were just kind of like playing with that a little bit. So maybe they're still trying to familiarize them, themselves with it. I think Andre Owens had a pretty good game. I think he's still got a big chip on his shoulder and something to prove. So we'll see how Aliens does moving forward. I did think that they were going to make a late comeback because like you said, when it was like 49, 45, or even like 46, 42 or, or some weird score where it was like they needed eight points or less, just felt like nobody was going to get to the finish line. It's like somebody just finished this game off. and That's why I like I don't want to sing Ghost Bowlers praises too much. And I also really don't want to be too down on Aliens because this seems like a might be our most the most evenly matched game of the night. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that too. So I guess really it's going to it's we're going to see next week. We're really going to find out more next week and not just for these two teams but for every team. Yeah. With but Aliens playing against Ball Hogs, I guess we'll get to really see how good Ball Hogs is and then on the flip side Ghost Ballers and Enemies we'll get to see. Yeah. A little bit more of the unknown there, hopefully well, figure out a little bit more of the unknown. Ball hogs, if you're ball hogs, you have to win this game. If ball hogs goes two and zero, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what I mean. <laughs> I don't. This know is what. the definition of a trap game. Yeah, <laughs> you're riding high off one and zero. Aliens are coming in. Aliens, you know what I mean. We're so close to a win. Definitely didn't play bad, um, but are not the equivalent of some other zero one teams. Um, I don't know. Okay. It'll be very interesting to see. Very interesting. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, my quick overreaction here. They, they seem to be getting a little bit repetitive, but it's, obviously it's only been one week. But I got I think that Mike Taylor and Chris Johnson, I know that I, I posted something where Ryan Hollins was pretty high on his his tandem with Mario Chalmers again with Three's Company. I got I to gotta say, I think Mike Taylor and Chris Johnson might be the best pick-and-roll duo at, big little in the league they they looked phenomenal and they looked like they were well connected throughout the game they were throwing lobs to each other taylor had six assists on the night which is pretty impressive uh in a game that goes to 50 so i I think they're the best pick and roll duo big man big guard duo whatever you want to call it in, in the league right now for me i'm gonna say this Aliens will be the first team to make a personnel change. And by that, I mean a trade. Oh, okay. Interesting. That, do, you, do you feel like that more? I know it's just no reaction, but do you feel like that more because you don't feel like this team? I think it's because Rick Mahorn historically has been a coach that likes to make trades, especially if his teams are underperforming. And I feel like 
you know, losing this game to goal spoilers, I think ball hogs will probably win next week. So, oh, and two, I think a change might come. Mm. This is Rick Mahorn's third team in four years. This is Rick Mahorn's last go around. I mean, I usually got to get this right almost, it seems like. So that's that's not what a, I mean. I don't even know if that's an overreaction. I think that's just, I think that's a, a very fine reaction uh, connecting the dots there. So, Anyways, that's how the week went. 51-45, Ghost Ballers over Aliens. Quickly, before we wrap up the show here, we want to kind of just talk about our week two. We'll just make our week two picks real quickly. You know, obviously, there's still a little, a lot of unknowns on the tables, but we got some good games next week. We also get to see these games split up a little bit more so it doesn't feel like it's a six-hour stretch, I guess, six hours out of your day necessarily on a Saturday. We get to see three on Saturday, three on Sunday. So a good breakup That is cool, yeah. Um, on Saturday, we got Trilogy Three-Headed Monsters, Power Triplets, Killer Threes, Threes Company. Give me your three picks for those, Will. Hang on one moment. I'm sorry. I'm just bringing it up. Um, got to look at these games a little bit. Okay, so Saturday we have Three-Headed Monsters and Trilogy. You rapid fire it off. I'm going to take Trilogy. Um, okay. Triplets versus Power. That's a, that's a great game. I'm taking Triplets. Mm-hmm. Um, threes company killer threes. Give me threes company. Oh, okay. I also got trilogy in that trilogy three headed monsters game. Power triplets. Triplets, the only team they haven't beaten is power. I'm going to go with power though. I'm going to go trilogy power. And then, <laughs> bless you. And I, I muted the, myself that I forgot also, like I'm on camera. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Uh, I'm sure that the, whoever watches this will also have the same, similar sentiments as me. And for the Killer Threes, Threes Company game, I'm going to go with Killer Threes. I, I still have high hopes for Killer Threes moving forward. So Trilogy Power, Killer Threes for me. On Sunday, we got Enemies, Ghost Ballers, Tri-State, Bivouac, Ball Hogs, Aliens. Rapid Fire, who you got? I got... Hmm. That's a good one. I got Enemies. Mm-hmm. I think Enemies figure it out. I have Bivouac over Tri-State. Um, I think Bivouac is going to be a yeah, – I mean, I think they were a team that was slated to play the best team week one. So I, I think they're still a good team. So I think they're going to get Tri-State. Um, and then final week and then final game, Aliens versus Ball Hogs. I, I've said it already. I got Ball Hogs. Okay. I got the same three, Enemies, Bivouac, and Ball Hogs as well. I think Enemies oh, wow. figures it out. So is there what's the what's the what's the uh, what's the game that will decide next week? Is it the threes company killer threes? And power triplets. I got power over. Oh, triplets. you have power. Oh, okay, okay. So hey. we can tie next week. Okay. Well, the only team that triplets hasn't hasn't figured out yet has been or hasn't beaten. I guess I should say is power. So I know that was back in 2019, but I, maybe it's just Nancy Lieberman. Hey, I'm not going to doubt her two weeks in a row. If I'm wrong, I feel better about it this week. So that is our game picks for week two. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. We'll say that I will be back, or I, I will be back. I'll be back at a big three game. I'll be in Vegas for week two live. So I get to see these games live. Make sure you're following fourth man pod to get live updates on both Twitter and Instagram. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a, we'll go live on IG and just kind of show you the pregame post game to be in the press conference, be a little closer to these guys and then really be a little bit more accurate on the reporting aspect. Will, as always, you can follow him at big three news. We appreciate everyone who, 
as tuned in on your preferred podcast platform. If we'd appreciate you guys, if you rated this five star, left a comment, feedback is always well appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, give us a like. That helps with the algorithm there. Absolutely. Appreciate it's all about the algorithm, bro. All about the it's algorithm. Like- it doesn't matter about content. It's just about the algorithm. So yes. uh, we're going to try to provide the best content we can, that being said. But we need your help if you like what you see from a big three standpoint or the feedback and, and analysis and content that we provide. Like, subscribe, and comment. And then for those of you on Dash Radio, we appreciate you guys as always. We'll be back with you guys next week. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.